This is just Talk with Sam Podcast, y'all. Just Talk with Sam Podcast. Just put your name on it. You don't talk about it, be about it. I You on iTunes, Joe. But it's obvious if y'all just listen, we, we never write this out. What's up, what's up? It's your man Sam, host of Just Talk With Sam Podcast. Just Talk With Sam Podcast. Man, we got special guests today. Um, Ezra and Adib, the Potash Twins, are here. They have a new album called Hornography. It comes out uh, May 3rd um, of this year. You want to check that thing out. Man, got some good tunes on it. And those who's wondering, hey, maybe I've seen these guys before. You probably know the Potash Twins on Bravo TV's Beats and Bites, as well as the Travel Channel's Southern Road Trip. With the Potash Twins and Food Network Takeout Twins, as long you know as great musicians they are, they know a thing or two how to get down in that kitchen. And we're going to talk about all of those things: the album, their cooking, their life, their career, everything in this podcast. But before we jump into this excellent podcast, man, we got to pay some bills. Um, everything found just talk with Sam podcast can be found at samshownation.com your home for everything related to just talk with sam podcast it's all right there so please check it out right then and there and if you're looking my eagle eye people you can see it in the corner um of the homepage and current promotions page there is a donate button guys we have been doing this thing for over 13 years going long and strong and you guys have been helping out every step of the way by giving donations, being a good person, telling us what you think, but mainly the donations. And look, running a podcast is not cheap. It just ain't. It ain't cheap one bit. And you guys have been helping out throughout the entire podcast by going to the homepage, hitting that donate button, and give whatever makes you feel like a good person. Please keep doing that because we still got bills. So go ahead, take care of that. Or, um... Maybe you want a little bang for your buck. Maybe you want the free funding to stay free, but you want a little receipt. You can do it that way by going to samshownation.com, going to the store tab, and getting all of your Just Talking With Sam merch, whether that be t-shirts, hats, stickers, whatever you want as you prep, I mean, just rep the podcast throughout your everyday, daily life. It's all right there. So please check it out right then and there at on the podcast page. Uh, excuse me, at the store the podcast page. Speaking of the podcast, you can always hit the podcast link right there at samshownation.com and you can catch up on and listen to all of your favorite episodes right then and there on the podcast. 
or maybe you listen to podcasts a little bit differently the just talk with sam podcast is wherever podcasts can be found yes if you can find it we're there spotify there um google play we're there uh google music there amazon there apple there Casbox. yeah that's a thing and we're there uh tune in there just google just talk with sam wherever you listen to your podcast it's all right there we're all around wherever podcasts can be found and we got a few sponsors this week uh before we start off this excellent podcast um the first sponsor is the good folks at the nba store yes guys i don't if you go to samshownation.com and hit the nba store link you're playoff ready mainly because the playoffs are going on and we are watching some excellent basketball yes we are oh my god john morant is he already was a superstar but he is you can see why he's a superstar right in front of our face uh that temple of series is that temple is grizzly series just something else and boston sweeping the nets hey when a super team gets out of the playoffs somehow it makes you feel better i don't know why but either way whatever your team is whatever your team is if they're in the playoffs or not you can go to samshownation.com and you can get the nbastore.com discount you can get ready for next season if your guys are already out or you can root on your team as they go forth in the playoffs it's all right there and if you go through samshownation.com and you put in the promo code nba29 you get free shipping on orders over $29 come on now you can't beat that deal all orders over $29 free shipping with the promo code NBA29 some exclusions may apply so please check them out go to samshownation.com nbastore.com and get free shipping on all orders over $29 with the promo code NBA29 rep your teams the playoffs is going strong The next sponsor is the good folks at Omaha Steaks. Yes! If you're like me, you're in the Midwest and the weather's breaking, nothing is more alluring than getting back on that grill and doing your thing. And if you go to samshownation.com and go to Omaha Steaks, you can be right. You got to go right now and you can get in line for their sale. The mother of all steaks. Their Mother's Day spectacular with love, uh, lovely deals for the moms out there because hey mother's day is may 8th that means you got to act fast so from now be- between now and may 8th you can get the mother of all steaks deal if that is maybe mom wants a little bit of a ribeye maybe mom wants a porterhouse maybe mom wants some prime rib you know what an assortment of products right there at omaha steaks to make your mother's day meal go great you could do it right there on put put the meal on the grill you could do it right there with omaha steaks but if you want to think broadly hey omaha steaks got something for that not just mother's day they have their springtacular sale that means 50 percent off site-wide if you go through samshownation.com go to samshownation.com you click that omaha steaks link and you will be right in line to take care of your folks this upcoming season mother's day is right around the corner so you may want to get on that faster than normal but go to samshownation.com click the omaha steaks link get some good meals it's grilling season baby 
And lastly, certainly not leastly, Amazon.com. Your home for everything related to, I mean, like Amazon. Who are we kidding? It has everything from A to Z. Amazon has everything from A to Z. You're going to go on Amazon.com. And when you do, please go to SamTronNation.com. Click the links on the homepage or current promotions page for Amazon.com. But while you're there, I'm sure my guests would greatly appreciate it if you put Potash Twins in the search bar. By doing that, you can get all the uh, greats from the Potash Twins. Uh, you can check out episodes of uh, their projects, Beats and Bites, Southern Road Trip, um, or or and um, Takeout Twins. Or you can also check out some of their older albums and you can pre-order the new one right now via Amazon. Um, and what I don't do, they said it's cool if I do this. I'm play a quick cut from this. The title track from their new album, Pornography, that comes out May 3rd. The title track, Pornography, right now. Take a listen, then we'll jump into this excellent interview that I had with the Potash Twins. And um, we'll just jump into it. So, Pornography from the Potash Twins, and I'll see you after the song. and see us yes i can hear you and i can see you can you see both of us i can see both of you um how are you i'm doing great hey thank you so much for joining the podcast if you want man we can just jump right into this uh yeah i'm happy to i i gotta be honest i'm i'm a little excited just to talk to you guys we're excited we're equally as excited don't worry all right let's start it off man i want to thank the potash twins Guys, aka the Takeout Twins, aka the Twin Horns of Joy, the aka 
representations of the full world and the pride of Omaha, Nebraska. Thank you cool. for coming to the podcast. Man, we're going to have some fun today. Wow, that was like quite the introduction. I Thank know. You, Sam. I hope I can live up to all that. Well, I want to say this. I'm thanking you guys mainly because um, during the pandemic, I have learned a lot by watching a lot of your episodes, whether it be Beats or Bites, Southern Road Trip, or the Takeout Twins itself um, on the Food Network. And so you made a lot of days in the middle of a very, I guess, pandemic-y time. This is my first pandemic. Sorry, guys. This is my first, this is my first one. So. Same, same. All right, so you made it go past a little bit easier, and you know, I, when you're trying to up your cooking game, you want to, you know, get eased into it. Not necessarily hardcore chefs, not to say you're not, but the whole thing about having someone that like get gain your interest with music, and when a lot of those musical artists shows up on the cooking show, that kind of made me like it was my open door to you guys. And since mm. we're talking about music, let's just get into it, man. The album is called Pornography. Yeah. Um, it's coming out the 29th of this year, uh, April 29th of this year, uh, 2022. We just moved it to May 3rd. Okay, the album is coming out May 3rd. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're the first to hear it. All right, but oh, other than you guys love a good pun, what is up with the album titles? What, what is it? Does it have a special meaning, or you just want to mess with us a little bit? All of it. All of okay. it. We're Okay, so I feel like the one thing with us, at, whether it's TV or it's music, we kind of just find a way to funnel our creativity into what we do. And to me, I see the opportunity of coming up with an album name equally as fun as coming up with the music. And I think that when we came up with pornography, it was like, we're not going to miss the opportunity to have fun with that. Okay, okay. Well, guys, I've been just just in love with your backstory. Let's just really break it down for those who don't know. You are twins, identical twins, that travel the world eating great and making great food, playing awesome music. How does that happen? Yeah. Well, I would say a lot of luck, a lot of luck, but uh, like mostly it was because of the, of traveling for music that we found this love of like international and global cuisine. Um, and whenever we were traveling somewhere, it was like the way to relate to wherever we were was either through the music or through the food. And through that, we would always find uh, like incredible new things and new flavors and new tastes and uh, new, new sounds. New sounds. And whenever we would return home, we'd try to recreate that to some degree, whether that was a recipe of something we had eaten abroad or whether it was the music. And it all influenced uh, what we're doing now. And, you know, it's just another way for us to relate and another way for us to be creative. And music and food always were those two avenues for us to do both those things. But, guys, um, you guys honed in on it, mainly because, uh, like you said, music and food, uh, We well, one of the we call them social lubricants over here, mainly because um, I talk to different people, obviously, and you better know like a few things. Uh, I call them the big four, uh, whether it be food, music, sports, like mm -hmm. who are we kidding, sports, and um, usually some type of uh, spiritual angle. That usually, mm -hmm. if you can hone in on any one of those with a person, 
you're you made a new best friend because totally you're connected now. Those people are going to tell you one thing or another about what they think about one of those things. And let's let's stick more on the music. I mean, Deeb, you studied under Dizzy. Uh, I want to say this right: Dizzy Gillespie's protege, John Fattis, a SUNY purchase. Uh, mm -hmm. While Ezra, my man, you got a full ride scholarship to Manhattan School of Music playing bass trombone. Um, the reason I'm bringing this up, I have to do this. I have to ask this question. When you sit down and think about our generation, jazz doesn't exactly come up. I mean, mm -hmm. it's usually pop, hip hop, may probably EDM, the electric dance, you know, some, but jazz isn't necessarily the first music genre that popped up. How did you guys like get into that and then want to connect that to the younger generation? Yeah, so, I mean, as horn players, there aren't really that many avenues for you to learn how to play the, your, instrument. your instrument. And for us, jazz was our na the natural progression because it's it has elements of technicalities that, that classical music has, but with the freedom of improvisation. Um, and for us, it was like, wow, this is a way for us to be creative and really express ourselves and our personalities and our identities through our horns in a way that actually felt freeing and uh, reactionary to other musicians um, and something that we get to grow with with a group of individuals who are also passionate about the same things. Um, and to, yeah, to, to piggyback off of that is that's why this album, Hornography, is so important to us is because when we were growing up playing jazz, it was, we loved doing it, but our friends didn't listen to it and our peers didn't listen to it. And we were like, how are we going to get them to listen to jazz or how are we going to get them to listen to what we're doing? And it's by blending the sounds that we love with the horns with music that they already identify with, whether that be hip hop, whether that be EDM or house or uh, I mean, pop, I, I guess, is, there's elements of pop in there and funk as well. So we were all, our whole framework with this album was how do we make a music for everybody that doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, if you're, if you don't like jazz, that maybe you're not going to shut this album off. You're going to listen a little bit longer than you would. But also jazzy enough that jazz listeners and jazz musicians will also completely see what we're doing and identify with it as well. So it's like, it's on one hand, like we, we grew up fully in jazz. I mean, we were, went to music conservatories for jazz. We played with a bunch of jazz legends and it's like, that's where we come from. But our friends and family and fans didn't necessarily fully identify with jazz. They don't necessarily, they should know who Miles Davis is. They should know who John Coltrane is. They should know who Charlie Parker is, but they don't. So this is a way of being like, Hey, here's horns for you in the modern musical landscape that maybe will funnel you in to jazz and into those jazz greats that you really should know before coming here. Mm -hmm. But really, like, since you're not, here it is for you now. And you make a good point. And one of the things I love about how you're doing it, it seems like you guys are doing it right. Mainly because, um, and, I, and I say this, I don't want to be flipping about it. You got a chance to see things in pop culture do it wrong. Um, like, and this is a reference I, I bring up all the time. I, La La Land, the movie La La Land. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. Ryan Gosling is awesome. But for me to believe two white kids from Southern California is going to wake up one morning and save jazz. Mm, I don't know. 
But right. then again, I mean, yeah, I mean, La La Land was, in a way, very good by bringing jazz to a major motion picture like that. Okay. Uh, having said that, it's not the story I would tell in that position. There you go. Uh, right. So, you know, it's a very conflicting narrative there. Um, like, on one hand, we got a lot of comments being like, wow, like, what do you guys think about this mo- huge movie that's telling this story about jazz? Again, not the story I would tell about jazz. I don't even think that conversation would even take place in Los Angeles mm-hmm. if we're going to have Thank that. Thank you. Yeah. That conversation you know, should take place either New York or somewhere in the Midwest, personally. Mm-hmm. My it, should be, it should be either in New York, Kansas City, or, or New Orleans. Right, but I mean, even New Orleans at this point would it would almost I'll do Chicago. Be- I'll do Chicago too. Okay, yeah, Chicago, yeah, yeah. you're right. I totally like, New Orleans is where it started and where it happened and where a lot of the best musicians and on the planet are from that brought jazz to where it is now. But I would say if you're gonna do a major motion picture about jazz, it would come off cliche being in New Orleans. Yeah, no, it'd have to be New York, I think. Or like and I'm being a homer here. I'm being a homer a little bit. I say Detroit, but Lower than those, mainly because jazz here in Detroit spent off in the Motown and spent off. It's not yeah. necessarily the core of where it would be. It's damn sure not Los Angeles. I just want to make that point. Well, and, and also, I don't know if you're familiar, there was an HBO show called Treme. Yes! That yeah. was like yeah. the that was great show. Yeah, yeah, it was such a great show. And, and it had music and food as a through line through that as well. Exactly. It was the wire just with food and literally that we were that show. We loved that show. And I think one of the reasons one of the things that they did extremely well was balancing the main character being from New Orleans, but also like going going to New York and showing what was happening with that the jazz scene in New York. And that that is a very important story and a very important narrative that is coinciding on two different timelines happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the conversation that we should be having. That like, it's hilarious that it ended up being La La Land in Los Angeles. But one of the, one movie I give, I I don't know, if I had to give it a grade, like how I give La La Land, I give that like a D plus. But one thing, like in pop culture, and this is going somewhere. Trust me, I'm going to get back to you guys. But the reason, <laughs> the reason I'm getting into this when we sit down and talk about pop culture, I give this movie an incomplete, and this would be Whiplash. Because, oh yeah. Yes, you did good, and you introduced the world to Charlie Parker, but you made this essentially unrealistic expectation of perfection. Mm-hmm. from a guy who wasn't necessarily perfect but did his own thing mm-hmm. so your it is like a false introduction so something like that i would give it incomplete and the reason i'm bringing it back to you guys is because you marry these things and when we sit here and talk about uh pop culture i got a chance to listen to hornography you know before everybody else i feel special <laughs> so i hear the spoken word influences as well as as a form of pop culture what was the influences from those? Now, there's a lot of names to choose from on here. Please tell me what stuck out to you and what made it the spoken word aspect show up so much in this. Okay, well, two things. First of all, uh, back to the whiplash thing. Uh-huh. I, I would say, like, look at if there's anybody that can relate to the, the movie Whiplash, like, it's two kids who went to the music conservatory, jazz conservatory. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, lots of feelings there about about that movie. 
Um, but to the spoken word point, uh, one of our biggest influences is Robert Glasper. Uh, he's a dear friend of ours, and we're huge fans of his music. And I think the way that he intertwines spoken word into his music is genius. Yeah. And it is something that should be happening more in jazz and more in pop culture. And uh, not that that was why we did it for us. The reason we did it for us was because we have all of these friends that when we were during COVID, we didn't get to, to collaborate with. So when we decided to do hornography, we said collaboration needs to be at the forefront of it because we had two years where we were musicians that didn't get to play with other musicians, really. Makes sense. So we wanted to make sure that hornography was a collaboration. Half of our friends are people that have been giving us words of wisdom throughout our entire career that weren't musicians, but were important people that we think had given us important life lessons that we wanted other people to hear in their own words. So that's why we wanted to have Terry Crews doing it and Bob Saget doing it and Andrew Zimmern doing it. And they all gave us different words of wisdom that we thought fit the album really well, that were different narratives, um, that were words of wisdom for everybody to hear in their own words. Um, and it, we think it added to the music because as horn players, you know, people are missing from you the, the singing, the vocals, the lyrics. And one thing that spoken word can do is in between those moments of horns is it does give you an attachment to things being said that are important. And hearing and listening to someone speaking, like literally just the voice. One of the things about that is, um, and you're right, like because you guys are accomplished horn players, doesn't it exactly leave a lot of room for lyrics? So having a spoken word aspect shows up. And um, I'm very curious, um, do you still keep up with those guys? Or obviously not so much with Bob Saget. And, you know, God bless. He um, just just awesome in his own right. But when they hear it of how you may have taken their voice or took those words of wisdom, is it kind of like a good response, bad response? Or even in you guys, do you be like, oh, man, maybe I should have did this one instead of that one? They all love it. I mean, uh, I, Andrew really loves his uh, his spoken word part. I know that Terry was so, so happy to be involved with it. And he's a huge fan of Robert Glasper. And they're very good friends, too. So we wanted to put them on the same song. The, the response to them are great. I mean, they really, 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 a lot of them are huge music fans that have never been able to do something on an album before. And they were so excited to be a part of it. And most importantly, they're like some of our closest friends. So like, they, the fact they just wanted to support us really in, in whatever way they could, and um, they were really excited to be part of this project. Um, I um, I'm a big fan of those guys as well, and the fact that they were on the album makes me think. Um, how do I say this? Uh, they marry they they get blended on because lately, and this is just a little insight into me. I've been on a Hot Ones binge. I love that mm -hmm. show, but I usually wait. Or like, I get a good number in a row where I could just sit down and just binge Hot Ones. Right. And some of the people you just named were on Hot Ones. So I think, I think all of them did Hot Ones. Yeah, yeah. I think about yeah. if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Yeah, yeah Bob think, did, Andrew did for no, sure. No, Terry did it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So and yeah, I guess all of them did. Right before, you know, you know, we set up time to do this, I saw Andrew's episode. And it's like, it's a, it's it's awesome, 
please try this. Listen to the track he's on from you guys and go watch Hot Ones. It is like two very different versions of Andrew, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, yeah Andrew is one of the wisest people I know. I mean, th think about this. He's been to every country more than one time, and that has to lend incredible perspective to a human being. Like, right. imagine just all the people he's met, all the food he's tasted, all the conversations he's had, all the places he's seen and been to. And I think that was something that, well, first of all, he basically discovered us in the food world. So we owe a lot to him and we are very thankful and appreciative of everything he's done for us. But we wanted to put him on this album because I think that he sees the world in such a unique way that a lot of people can take a lot from and learn a lot from. And that's why the album kicks off with him. Because I think it just sets the tone for what you're listening to after you hear his voice. Exactly. And that's what made his episode even, and I'm like speaking from personal example, because you hear this man just, just give you gems of wisdom, and then, I don't know, seven minutes in a Hot Ones episode, he's just losing it. And yeah. He, the one of the best things about Andrew too is he's incredibly playful and self-aware, and he's just incredibly funny too when he's got gotten in, himself into a situation like Hot One. But also can be incredibly serious and thoughtful. Right. Now, one of the things about Andrew, and I'm bringing this up to bring it back to you guys, I've always been curious about this. How are you guys looked at with your peers? Are you musicians that could cook, or cooks that are musicians? Like definitely musicians that can cook. cook yeah, sure. there you go. All yeah. right, because yeah, you know there's there is a distinction there. And um, how long have you been food fans, or did that develop deeper in your life, or did you just wake up one morning and say we want to do both, and that's it? No, I always always loved food, but it was secondary to our love of music for sure. It was just that when we were starting to perform all over the world that we started to look at food in a way that we look at music. And I think that um, that added a lot to just how we approached both things. But mainly it was through the lens of musicians, we saw food differently. We saw how when you're writing music, you're cognizant of texture. You're cognizant of harmony and how things blend together. And those are words that people use to describe food. And, we, and that was not lost on us. And, and also... Are the way that it ended up working out for us in the food, the television and food stuff, was a lot of our fans were chefs. Mm -hmm. So we were ending up performing at like the Aspen Food and Wine Festival, South Beach, the Food Network uh, Food and Wine Festival in South Beach. And through that, then we got offered these food television opportunities. So it was like because of the music, the food thing happened. So for us, it's it's like that's why music was always first for us. It's like it, that's just what the way it was. As I said in the beginning, what led me to you guys was Beats and Bites. That was mm -hmm. the A number one because I think I know a little thing about music. I don't know how to play, but I'm I I, I know what I like. And um, there are, and Beats and Bites opened up a brand new door, especially like with uh, the other show, The Takeout Twins, which was perfect for a guy like me for these episodes that's like 15 minutes, about give or take. And it helps make people feel more accessible on my level at that time. I don't know if I'm the greatest chef or whatever, but I'm definitely not the worst. I'm nowhere near the best. Mm -hmm. But what I'm getting at is 
when you start honing in your skills that way, was that done deliberately or was that just like, we just want to give a nugget to people who think they know what they're doing? Because thank you if that's the case. No, I mean, look at, so when we, were tr when we travel for music, we're always eating foods that like we can't necessarily get here or wherever we are uh, in the States. So it was always like in the, in the hopes of being able to recreate some of these dishes that we've had all over the world. And one of the best things, to, like places to start is with takeout food. Um, because generally takeout food is global food. It's not necessarily pizza or pasta. So, um, and then what ended up happening is like, we would end up having this repertoire of, of takeout food that we were particularly good at. And look at, we're musicians. We didn't go to culinary school and we're able to recreate mm -hmm. like some of these uh, takeout dishes better than takeout restaurants are. So we were like, we should teach people how to make these. And it's anybody can cook any of the food on any of our shows. All that matters is preparation. And another thing I'll add to that is we've never been the kind of uh, food people or, or cooks that or think about any think about food in a pretentious way. We think about food in a, in, a, in a comfort food kind of lens. So we're like we're never gonna make anything that other people can't do. Like we don't we didn't like you said we didn't go to culinary school. So we're not gonna make anything that a, a person at home couldn't make. Now you guys, uh, I would imagine. I, I know you did this before the pandemic. Now that things are easing up a little bit, especially with pornography coming out, you're going to be back on the road. What is your A number one foolproof takeout dish? It's late. You guys just got off stage. Everything's closing. I can't, AKA, mess this up too much. You know, where this is your go-to. Do you have one or do you? Yeah, I would say our butter chicken dish or chicken tikka masala is one of those dishes that you can make anytime it doesn't in like take, 30 minutes in, in like 30 minutes or even less and you can and it like stays pretty well so you can keep it in the fridge for a couple of days another one that i'll say is our uh cold sesame peanut noodles right that we you just boil water that's the hardest thing yeah to do. if you can make pasta at home you can make this dish okay okay easy, and it's basically peanut butter soy sauce tahini, tahini. yeah i mean it's like chili oil, chili oil chives you know. it's more about being prepared than being a good cook. If you have all of your ingredients in your cupboard or your pantry or your fridge, you can make anything incredible in about 15 minutes. If okay. you don't have those things, it's you're, you're you shit out of luck. Okay. Now, what if, yeah. let's flip it. What if you're not the one cooking mm. and you got to trust somebody else? Right. What's your go-to then? Where you just, maybe it may be a fast food place, a takeout, uh, whatever, when you have to, you know, trust someone else, what's your go-to then? Really great question. It the First and foremost, it depends on my mood. Because, uh, it, like, most of the time, I want some sort of Asian food. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like. I always want some sort of noodle or dumpling or... <sighs> Szechuan peppercorn. Yeah, everything. I want... The thing that I love about Asian food is it really hits everything. Spicy, sweet, Salty, fermented, sour, sour. Everything that you want can be accomplished that way, basically in one bite. So I think that's we tend to gravitate towards, you know, Southeast Asian food, Chinese food, Thai food, uh, Thai food Japanese, Indonesian, Indonesian. Now, 
throughout your journeys, whether it be in the music world or whether it be in the cooking world, um, we you get a, what's the word I want to say, perception about both artists. Like we all heard it before. Eric Badu has said it himself. We're artists and we're sensitive about our shit, whether it be music, and I guess in your case, it's about cooking. I'm, I'm sure it's the same across the board. Now, I want to ask, this is a, we, we going into dangerous territory here. Okay. Blind taste test. Just off the top of the dome, there's no wrong answers. Can you name one of your favorite artists that you think can cook? And really inversely, can you also name one of your favorite chefs that may be a good musician? Love this question. Best question I've ever gotten in my life. But um, like this, off top of the dome, there's no wrong answers. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of musicians that would kill me if I answered this wrong, so that's why I need to think about it. Okay. There's no wrong answers. You can think about it. Your, your mind may change tomorrow. Well, I'll start with saying the chefs that can play. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. there's a ton of... Okay, let's just say this. When you're a good musician but you're not presented with the right opportunities, a lot of the time you're gonna end up taking another a job like being a waiter, you hear that all the time. And a lot and a lot of the times you end up in the back of the house being working in the kitchen. Okay. And there are a few musicians who are incredible chefs that ended up being chefs or are famous for being chefs. Okay. One of them is Mark Vetri, who is an in insanely talented guitar player, went to school for music, for the guitar, who is a world-famous chef. We jammed with him at Jimmy Kimmel's house, and I was blown away at how good of a guitar player he was. Mm. He was amazing. Okay. Also, Tom Colicchio, an incredible guitar player, mm -hmm. who is a fa very famous chef. Okay. I'm really hung up on the musicians that cook thing, though. Yeah, no. Um, who do you think could? I mean... Well, who do I think or who do I know? Right, that's what I said. Who do you think could? Because the only way... And this is, this is how my brain works. Oh, I know, right off the bat. Take a chance to get on your show and prove you're right. Prove you're wrong. But right. get them. I know. I know one person, and I don't know. We're friends with her. I oh. don't know if she can cook, but I. It, but deep down, I know she can cook. Let okay. us see. Oh, let us see. Do you know oh, let us see? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like, there's yeah. no I'm way she can cook. I said that as a fan. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I met her one time, and she was so nice, and she was so loving, and I just like, yeah, I bet you could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we we love Lettucey. We're mutual like fans of each other and have hung out a couple times, and she's, she's incredible. Really cool. We have yeah. not gotten the opportunity to cook with her, but I know no, she, that she would put love into the into the food. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, since we're on the pop culture realm, I know you guys are talented musicians, and I want to talk about another talented musician. Lately, if you've been paying attention, um, I don't know how, how free your schedule is. Push your tea. Just made a diss track on the filet of fish. That is a food item he loved. Hmm. And then, after think about it, now he doesn't like it so much. And quite honestly, if you heard the song, he almost hates it. Hmm. Okay. You too. If you had to make a diss track on something that you thought was the greatest thing ever, and now you're not so sure. If you wanted to fire up those horns and make, make a nice little diss track, what food item would you pick? For me, the bane of my existence is cake. 
I really don't like cake very much. I think it's really dry and the icing is way too sweet. How is that possible? You don't like cake? No, I don't really like cake that much. I think, first of all, anything that is generally made for appearances and not for flavor, I'm going to attack that. And then second of all, I think it's sweet on top of sweet on top of sweet. And I like a complex layer of flavors. And when most of the time when you have cake, it's just dry, it's sweet, and then the icing doesn't really add to it. No, the, a lot of the time, the icing is the Hail Mary of the cake. It's like, oh, we know our cake is dry as shit, so here's something that's going to cover that up. Oh, my God. that I, I don't know how to come back from that. Like, cake is <laughs> awesome. I, I, don't, I, I don't really, because, all right. I do agree. I do agree. It is the sweet treat that you just want, and you do maybe an hour some change after eating it regret eating that much cake. But mm. it's the reason that you go back. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, look at we can walk this one back because we, if we wanted to, we could also go after the cupcake. <laughs> now you just cross the lines at this point. Yeah. <laughs> all right, now you just cross. All right. Wait, I, I want to answer this question too, and I'm thinking about to do a diss track on food, which is this is an amazing you, you have amazing questions. I love these questions. Thank you. If I were to do a diss track on food, I think it would be oh god, what's something that everyone loves that that we just I just hate or you hate? I pretty like much you, like you. It could be a thing like push your tea. You used to like it, but right. so many people. And I'll give you mine. If you're still okay. thinking, I can give you yeah. mine. Yeah, I am not musically inclined. If you give me a few minutes, I can write a few bars. I can give you a nice, nice little snippet of a um, freestyle diss track. But one of the one of the food items I would just attack because I I feel Pusha T on this one. I love this. Then everyone and their brother wanted to jump on it, and now I hate it. Now sriracha, sriracha, sriracha. yeah, because. When I first got sriracha, I love a good hot sauce. It was, it was, it was nice. It was like a little dirty secret to mm-hmm. have it. Now right. everyone oh. wants to put sriracha in everything. It has no flavor. It has no flavor. I'm not gonna. Here, I really like sriracha because I think it's spicy, it's sweet, it's garlicky, it's kind of everything. I there's really a lot like better. It. There's a lot better hot sauces with much more flavor than. Yeah, I know. There's there's tons of different hot sauces. But sriracha just got so played out so quick because yeah. everyone wanted to do something. So, yeah. I completely agree with you on that. You might disagree with me on that, but I, I completely agree with you. I'm standing my ground. Okay. I'm, I'm still hey, thinking. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm still thinking. Oh, okay. Okay. I have one. Okay. I don't really care for hot dogs. Go on. <laughs> yeah. I think that, like, I'd much rather have, if we're talking about meat in some sort of bread vessel, I'd much rather have like a gyro or a shawarma than a hot dog. I think there's a lot of hot dogs. I've had lots of different hot dogs all over the world. I love corn dogs though, so I don't know what that says about me. Yeah. Okay. But, all right. but and I like Sonoran hot dogs, which is uh like a it's bacon wrapped. It's, in- it's a it's a Native American and uh Mexican fusion kind of hot dog that you can get in Arizona and that is amazing and I'm sure that it really is uh, comes from some like some regional Mexican cuisine more mm-hmm. but um I like that but I just don't like a traditional July 4th hot dog with 
uh, ketchup and mustard. Also, I don't really like ketchup either. Okay. Yeah. I'm down with that. Ketchup. Okay. I, I like, yeah. That's a, a like the plain hot dog. Yeah, you gotta freak it out a little bit. You gotta have like how you said the corn dog. I'm with that bacon wrap, like Chicago mm-hmm. hot dogs, where you put a, essentially another meal on top of the hot dog. The pickle, yeah, yeah I, I can roll with yeah. that. Now, okay. Um, I love asking these. We're getting towards the end, and I love asking these questions because you guys are just like I am. I love being a fan of something, and what. What was out of your whole career? You could, it doesn't have to be the number one, but what was your favorite freak out moment where you guys looked at each other like, I can't believe this is happening? I, oh yeah, my no, god, yeah, let out that So, Terry, uh, Terry Cruz had his 30th wedding anniversary, and uh, we like get to our table for it, and as is in the bathroom, and I sit down, and then a couple minutes later somebody sits down right to my left, like literally next to me, like as is here right now. And it was Stevie Wonder. And I was just like, there is no, like literally how, how is he sitting right next to me? How was he here? He obviously is friends with Terry. And I couldn't get a text message to as fast enough, like get back to the table. Like you won't believe it. Like none of the, and, none of the words were coming out right. And, all, I mean, we just found that, that opportunity so incredible to be able to tell him how much his music like means to us and we were telling him and he was asking us a lot of questions about our music and what we do and we told them we were we played trumpet and trombone and he said man y'all sure have a lot of personality for horn players and i'll never forget that that's awesome and yeah uh, lastly um i have to ask this question it's going to be a bunch of people who listen to this watched on youtube or what have you maybe aspiring to get to your levels but um you have been blessed with a successful career. What advice would you want to give to others who maybe embark on this career path, this crazy journey? What would you tell them who's just probably getting started? So if you're a musician, I would say get out of the practice room and just <clears throat> play in front of people because that's the experience that you actually need. You absolutely be practicing but literally, like, if you could be the best musician on the planet, but if no one hears you, it doesn't, like, it, it's only for you then. You're not giving anything back to people. Right, that and, that, and music's all about giving back. Um, on, like, kind of a, you know, like, career standpoint of, you know, maybe being, like, a personality, I would just say, you know, be, don't be the best, be the only. Be, like, literally the only something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that Andrew taught us really early on. Um, you know, like if you're okay, if you can be the best, be the best, but if you're not the best, be the only. Okay. Okay. Sound advice guys. This has been awesome. We went a little bit longer than most, but this man, this has been awesome. It's like it flew past, um, look right down in the middle of your camera, mine, whatever the album comes out. Please plug away. All, yeah. all pornography. Pornography comes out May third. Follow us on Instagram at Potash Twins for updates, and we can't wait for you all to hear it. It's been a, an, really an incredible thing for us to make this album, and I think it has something to offer for everybody. If it's okay with you, I want to ask this: Can we mm-hmm. play a couple tracks on the podcast so the pre-orders could jump in? Because I want everyone to feel what I felt listening to this. It, Honestly, we're amped up the excitement of why I wanted to talk to you in the first place. Yeah, why don't you play uh, the song Hornography for people? 
Got it. That'd be good. Yeah. Okay. I am, hey, personally, I am partial to uh, Crypto Cowboy. Not to say Hornographies, man. Yes. I like keep doing, I like Good, Bad, and Ugly. I, man, if I had to pick, those are the ones. Those are the ones. I love Hornography, but I got to say, like, Crypto Cowboy and uh, keep doing, I don't know, it motivates me a little bit. I, I don't know. Yeah, that, one's, that one's a motivator. That's awesome to hear which ones you like the most. Yeah, yeah me too. I, um, I don't know. I, I do like Good, Bad, and Ugly, too. I, it's just what my mood I think I need I like if I had to if I had to have those not to say the rest of the album but those are the ones that stick out the most to me I love pornography because that's just like a jam I could just have that while I like do stuff totally. so like yeah that's is like if that if it was a soundtrack of me throughout my day I'm babbling I really like this Oh, album. I love to hear it. We love to hear it. Um, but yeah, pornography, um, I'll make sure that I get on the podcast because I want people to hear what you guys are putting out. I ain't gonna give it all away, but I, <laughs> I want them to just a little be, taste. Yeah, just just a nice little snippet. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having us. It was an honor to talk to you and we we had a blast. Man, you're welcome back anytime. This has been awesome. Um, thank you guys so much for just joining the podcast. This 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 has been great. Thank you, Sam. All right, thank you. You guys have a great day. All right, bye. time the song is called hornography so nice you gotta play it twice while you're eating your beans and rice i want to thank ezra and adib the potash twins for coming on the podcast remember the album is called hornography it comes out may 3rd please pre-order it right now pick it up 
do what you got to do it's a good it's a good album those are good brothers literal brothers they are man it's just uh they're welcome back anytime and uh for you know whatever they just want to chop it up is it's it's awesome i had a great time with the potash twins um also along with uh, your podcast listening pleasure please check out some of my partners over there um i couldn't really get into it we're on our best behavior uh but um our our brothers from another the act accordingly podcast with bash and z i know i know those are my guys i gotta give it to them you can check them out um just google or or bing um act accordingly podcast with bash and z and um they're, they're just awesome guys um our podcast friends sometimes they don't sound like your frenemies our boys it's all right there check them out at the quarterly podcast with bash and z um that's enough for me right now again i want to thank the potash twins for showing up um the album is called hernography it comes out may 3rd and everything related to just talk with sam podcast can be found at samshownation.com your home for everything related to just talk with sam podcast um I or you can reach us out on social media. Just talk with Sam. No G and talking. All one word. Just talk with Sam um, on Facebook and Instagram. And um, you can talk to me personally, Sam Show Eleven on Twitter. Or um, if you want questions, comments, concerns, anything like that, or you just want to write into the show, you can um, hit us up with the Gmail at Just Talk with Sam at Gmail dot com. That's what I got for right now. I thank you guys so much. It was the Potash Twins. The album is called Hornography. It comes out the 3rd of May. And I will see you guys next week. Peace out.